Hello and welcome to the Adventure Travel Podcast. I'm your host Chris and if you'd like to be on the show, let's start off with that. If you've got something interesting that you'd love to talk about, something adventurous, whether it be hiking or surfing, backpacking through Southeast Asia, wild camping, then by all means do let me know and we can get you on the show to have a chat about it. I thought a good place to start really would be my own episode one for episode one, which was a road trip I took into Europe. It was the first time I was bitten by the travel bug. And like life sometimes sends you, sometimes you just need to get away and and clear your head. And I got I had a somewhat nice car at the time, a Toyota GT eighty six for any of you who know it. And um and I got I got told by someone he said, you know, why not instead of spending your money sat by a pool in Greece for five days, why don't you think about doing a road trip in your car? I thought, actually, that might not be a bad shout and it was the first time I'd done any research really into where I was going. The only other holiday I'd really done, where I just walked into a travel agent and said, I want to go here. So I got everything together. I used Google Maps mainly. And after a couple of revisions, some that included the south coast of France, I, I basically did, I planned one day each day and four or five days later, however many days it was, I, I had my, my route planned. And a month later, late July of 2017, I was in the car and I was on my way and the trip was incredible. It really opened my eyes to the traveling, a new way of doing it. It really it cleared my head, I felt free. It was just so much better than sitting by a pool and, and we all we all work very hard to earn our money. And there's nothing wrong at all with with wanting to sit by a pool and, and just relax, there's certainly a time and a place for it, but I don't do too well doing that. I mean, I'm the guy in a in a museum. I'll I'll just have a look at the highlights, have a look at what interests me, and, and move on to the next bit. So I did this trip, and it was fantastic. It, it, I got on the ferry at Dover, and for me, really, I live in the UK, so I just class that as a start as my trip. Went through France, went into Switzerland. I had two different nights in Switzerland, and I completely lucked out. I happened to book my two nights in Switzerland the night before and the night of their national day. So that was quite interesting. And then afterwards, I was meant to go through uh, the Black Forest and ended up, by complete chance, meeting my, my best friend's dad for lunch, and, uh, and then went up to Amsterdam, and then back home to Dover. So an incredible, incredible trip, and, and it really opened my eyes to, to planning travel, to planning these things. The first place I went to was P&O Ferries. I thought, I'm going to be driving over. Not a big fan of the tunnel, and I like a good view, so I went on P&O Ferries, and I, I booked through them. It's all quite affordable, if I remember correctly. It was just above £100 return trip for the car and me. And I booked something. This would be my first tip to you all. I booked to go in the, the club there. I can't remember what it's called. I want to call it a live lounge, but that's that's not that's not piano fairies. It was so lovely though. They they welcome you with a champagne glass, which was interesting at six thirty in the morning. It definitely took me back to my to my university days. And just parking up priority as well. I really splashed out because I, I love my car. <laughs> or I loved it. I don't have it anymore. But I, I I got priority boarding, so I parked right at the front, packed up, made sure all my kit was squared away, 
and I got up into uh, P&O, I think I would have caught the club lounge. It's £12 each way, and it was so worth it. I got there, they welcomed me in, 6.30 in the morning, glass of champagne, sat down, looked at the view, looked at the, the, uh, the morning sun rising, and it was incredible just to start my journey in that way, and and little did I know how, how incredible it would be, you know, on a personal level, and also as a something to share with people. The next tip I might give is if you're sharing Instagram stories, and especially if you're new to this, don't do what I did and just completely overload Instagram. Everything was fantastic to me. Obviously not so much if you're looking at it through a phone when you're at work. And I didn't realize how good each each hour was going to get. So I ended up adding more and more to the story and you end up with just way too much. Not even I wanted to watch it. So that's a little tip for you there. Be a bit conservative. The good bit about that is you is you get to just enjoy enjoy it, you know, with your with your Mark One eyeballs. <laughs> so Dover over to France, came off, and it was my first time driving abroad, so I remember audibly saying out loud, you drive on the right-hand side, Chris, the right-hand side. <laughs> I was concentrating so hard. And for me, I don't know about you, let me know. Uh, you can get me on Instagram at Weekend Backpacking, or if you're coming from the Facebook post, you can certainly comment on there. I think France is in incredibly overrated. The routes I took, if you're looking at a map, the route I took through France to Geneva as my first stop and my first stay over, I didn't go through Paris. There's two routes. One goes through, one goes past Riem, and the other one goes through Paris. And I, I went went past Riem because it was during the day, and I don't want to get caught in any traffic. And I, you know, I did the speed limit for a little bit, <laughs> but uh, that's the last comment I'll make on that. All I'll say is I got from Dover, including the wait and the ferry t ride over, getting off the ferry, driving down, lunch stops. I got to Geneva in 11 hours. So I was quite happy with that. And Geneva was just an incredible city. It was a shame I wasn't there for any longer, really. I booked with one of the hotels on booking.com. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but it was a reasonable price, and it wasn't too much of a walk away. I think it was about half a mile walk up the hill from from the from the lakeside. Eventually, I found the parking. Now, this is something to look out for if you're driving in what I later found to be Europe, is that a lot of their parking seems to be underground, and the entrances seem quite narrow, quite obscure. You've really got to look out for them. So. I eventually found the parking for this for this hotel, drove in, parked up, scraped the underside of my car a couple of times, but then it is a little bit lower than 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 the other vehicles. And got set up, got my shoes on, and walked down to the side of side of the lake and it was incredible just to have a walk through there, start to clear my head off a bit. Start to relax because you you get a bit fried after <laughs> driving for that long. And I found a lovely restaurant near the lakeside. You could see the lake, just the traffic passing by, had a meal, and it was just incredible to relax. Things started getting a bit busy. I was wondering, what the hell's going on here? And I asked the staff when I got back to the hotel after seeing so many people just out on the streets and then, you know, in the middle of the week, just having a, uh, I don't know, not in the middle of the week, I think I went on a, I think it was a Sunday night. No, I left Sunday night. It was a Monday night, yeah. I started the week and people were just outside. 
having a having a lovely time. <laughs> I asked the, the hotel staff and they said they said, Yeah, it's um it's it's national day tomorrow. So a lot of people had it off, a lot of people were drinking, lots of friendly, friendly people. I had no issues. I went back and it was the the first of the only night of good sleep I had, or a long amount of sleep I had on the trip. Set there, got kitted up, put everything in the car, had a quick walk down to the, the lakeside again just to find some breakfast. And there's a lovely vendor there doing crepes and coffee. I sat there, it was a half ten in the morning, it was about 28 degrees if I remember correctly, and it was just gorgeous to sit back and enjoy it. Got in the car, drove to Bern as my next stop, my next stay over. Another lovely, lovely trip actually, it was, it was just driving along the lake for a little bit and then for the most part I just concentrated on driving and not, and not crashing. Got to the hotel in Bern, crossed over one of the bridges and and got kitted up. I went in for a little bit of lunch, bothered a little bit by a wasp, and um, but otherwise I had bigger goals. So it's not a road trip even if you don't find some interesting roads. And a part of my research that I did do was just the power of Google. And I it was the first of first of many times I I would use this trick. I just typed in you know top Europe European roads, and it came up with a cup. And one of them was the Furka Pass in Switzerland. And I thought, wow, look at those photos, look at the hairpins. I thought, gotta do that. What's next? And I found something called St. Gothard's Pass. I said, like, okay, that's brilliant, had a little look. And there's a fuel station just there. And I thought, okay, brilliant, you know, but the car isn't fantastic on fuel, so I, I can fit up there. The next bit, which I didn't do, because I just didn't even think about how long this would all take, was the San Bernardino Pass, and that leads you into Italy, and then you are at the beginning of the Top Gear. The, if any of you have watched Top Gear, they they found a very lovely mountain road in, in North Italy, the Swiss border, and that takes you to there. I can't remember the name of it off the, off the top of my head. So I did that, got in the car, and it's beautiful. You drive alongside a lake for a long while, and then you, you steer off the lake, and you start heading to the mountains, and it was fantastic just going through the hairpins. The car's loud enough, so you can't avoid I can't avoid it when it starts coming up behind you, but there's plenty of drivers very kind enough to, to let me pass and let me enjoy the road. Got to the top and something I'd wish I'd known in hindsight was was how fond I would be of hiking and, and pushing myself in the future. Little did I realise that the top of this Furka Pass is just over 2,500 metres and there's a, a well-known glacier to the left, which I could see it was a glacier, but I didn't know enough about it at the time. I feel like I might have took it for granted. But I wrote a postcard to my mum, posted it at the top there. I bought a Swiss army knife in the, in the Swiss mountains, which I thought was quite lovely. And then I quickly moved on back to the car and carried on driving to the St. Gothard's Pass. Now, what I found to be a little bit different on this part of the of the the mountain was it was all nice barriers all the way to the top of the the Furka Pass and you'll see a lot of photos on Instagram I'm sure of of the hotel situated right on the hairpin but after that after a nice photo a little bit you know about 200 meters further up the road what you have instead is is a basically a concrete bollard or seems to be every sort of five meters maybe ten meters or so and what seems to be a sheer drop down the other side so naturally what I did was I went on in Facebook 
I'd had enough time to myself at this point. I went on Facebook and I went live and a lot of my friends tuned in and they were just quite shocked <laughs> at what I was doing. Um, some afraid of heights, questioning my, my sanity. But really, it wasn't too bad. I felt quite safe. I was starting to learn the car extremely well by this point. So I was just having fun going through the roads, going going through going through the hairpins and enjoying myself. I stopped at that fuel station, but I wasn't wasn't far away from sunset at this point, so I, I turned it around, came back through. Nothing really questionable, no, nothing really to talk about on the way back to Bern at this point. Maybe just two key points. One was this was this incredible moment. I was going back down the Furka Pass, and there's a dam there. And what I noticed was mostly clear skies above me, but there was a a literal cloud moving up the mountain pass. I just stopped the car. There was no one behind me, no one to be seen for for a while. And I just looked. I thought, geez, that's an actual cloud moving up. It was really something incredible to see. It wasn't fog. It wasn't just starting to get misty down there. There was a clear, definitive border between where I was and where the cloud began, just like if you were looking up in the sky. So I drove down. As I drove down, a couple of lightning bolts in the cloud, and uh, something, you know, perhaps cause for concern, but otherwise all good. I kind of moved through, didn't experience any lightning when I was in the cloud. I moved through, I stopped and let the cloud pass into me. And I was just taking it all in, thinking, this is incredible. And about five motorbikes all back-to-back went through it. And I thought, you know what, if they can go through it, I can go through this. So got back in the car, carried on driving. And it was the thickest fog, for obvious reasons, that I've ever experienced. You could barely see it in front of you. Eventually I reached a tunnel, naturally it all cleared up. And when I left the tunnel, I had obviously descended that much, that was below the cloud. And what I experienced was then some of the hardest rain I've ever seen in my life. So sunny weather, through the cloud, thickest fog, out the bottom, heaviest rain. And it was incredible to get those weather conditions all all together, all back to back. I drove through, nice and safe, keeping the keeping the speed slow on the on the way back down. And then the only other memorable point on the way back to Bern was that lake that I drive past. The sun was just starting to set and the colours were incredible on the road and, and on the lake. It's fantastic. It's utterly beautiful. I really recommend if you're renting a car in Bern, take it to the Furka Pass. Take it through a drive there. I've actually now got a tattoo of that of that experience in my life. It was my first one. In Bern, it was National Day, so I got a cigar, which I sometimes like to have on a uh, on a nice relaxing sort of. If I've achieved something, off it's more of a momentous occasion. I don't smoke at all, but. I have a, I'll have a nice cigar, so had that walking over the bridge, went to the bar, just started chatting, chatting to the bar lady behind the bar, two guys joined in, they started talking, they said, you're from England, and I was like, yeah, and they, they just said, you've got to come out with us, so I went out with them, there's just those two guys, went out to one of the bars, started drinking away, and what I found very interesting, very alien to the UK was on their basement floor, they just had this glass box. I mean, for those of you who have travelled to Europe, you all know exactly what I'm talking about. They had this glass box underneath in their basement where you could smoke. You could just go downstairs, smoke in there. There's ventilation to take it all away. 
And what was incredible was just how friendly everyone was. I went with those two guys, and to the end of the night, towards the end of the night, I barely spoke to them. I'd already chatted to a couple of other groups, and it was it was all very exciting, really. Had a bit to drink, went back to the hotel. Five hours later, back in the car, absolutely just so tired. But what I had arranged before that was my best friend's dad. I was meant to go to the Black Forest, and this is very much a road I want to go back and do. But the road isn't going anywhere in the Black Forest. It's this incredible, incredible road. I got recommended it. I looked at the photos. It's this lovely, wide road taking you through. But the forest isn't going to go anywhere. The unique moment I saw was the complete chance that my, my best friend's dad was, was there on business. And he was about two miles off of the motorway I was going to take anyway to my next stop, which was Amsterdam. So I stopped there had a nice refreshing meal and had a chance to recover a little bit more and went on to Amsterdam and that was an incredibly long journey. At the time that was the longest drive uh, I'd ever done uh, in one go really and that was uh, nine hours to Amsterdam from, from Bern. Eleven hours obviously not counting as a full drive because I, I got the ferry over but nine hours to Amsterdam, if I remember correctly. And that was very alien, just to go through the different countries. And when I got to the Netherlands, the the roads there on the way into Amsterdam opened up to what, I, th- I think five or six lanes. I was very unsure of the laws, but at this point I, I'm not really keeping to the speed limit, unfortunately, especially on the, the autobahn, which is scary as that's only two lanes with no speed limit in a lot of parts. But got to the Netherlands, very wide roads, very enjoyable to drive on. Again, this is a road trip journey, so I'll try and remember to talk about anything to do with cars a bit more. But very, very lovely roads. It was raining quite a lot, but I'm absolutely knackered. I just need to get to the hostel, which is what I've booked on, on a recommendation at this point. So I, I just start caning it down on the outside lane. No one was on this outside lane, and I don't know if I was wrong to be there or if they're, or if everyone's just super, super sensible in the Netherlands. But I was just powering down this outside lane and I got to Amsterdam and for a place where most people talk about getting a, a plane in and using public transport or cycling it was incredible to get the driving experience I ended up going back there two more times afterwards and it's it's lovely to drive through that city for whatever reason I think it's just the, the architecture, the people the systems, the speed at which it moves it was great eventually found some parking and I stayed at the Flying Pig Uptown which I would highly recommend I later learned not the cheapest as far as hostel prices go I paid I think it was £40 for the night there but it was fantastic service it was great systems really really clean good showers breakfast in the morning they had a bar downstairs a smoking room if that's what you're into and uh, I met this guy from San Francisco, and we ended up just going out and walking around Amsterdam. Got a bit drunk, and uh, and uh, yeah, had a had a fantastic night, and it was a great way to end what had become a fantastic trip. You know, in, in just a few days, I'd I'd done something I'd never done before. I'd gone through, driven through France abroad for the first time, gone on completely on my own, driven to Switzerland, seen Geneva 
just had a walk around the city there. I'd gone into the mountains, driven my car there, which was fantastic again. Rent a car, go to the Furka Pass. It was wonderful. I'd done all these things, got back in the car, driven, seen the scenery, seen the landscapes, got to Amsterdam, and it was just fantastic just to just to let loose a little bit. Had a funny moment. Uh, as you know, in, in, in Europe, there will be a lot of people who get tattoos or wear T-shirts of Japanese or Chinese symbols, and I suppose you can never really be sure of what they mean. What I found quite funny was the next morning, uh, we were, uh, Kelly and I, we were sat on uh, outside on the chairs having a coffee. Just about to head back to the car and head to Calais. And uh, this this Chinese lady walked past and on her top just said, Margarita. <laughs> I just thought that was incredible to see the reverse culture there. So that's now an inside joke we say whenever we ever see a funny picture. We just comment Margarita to each other. But it's fantastic. Amsterdam was great. A really brilliant city to walk around. Uh, up the flying pick up town, about a ten minute walk away from from where all the the centre is. But we can talk about Amsterdam in a different show. Ideally, maybe one of you would like to talk about it. Amsterdam's great though. A brilliant way to round off the trip. Back in the car next day. Back to Calais. The only thing I'd say is, if I could give a top top tip for a road trip, get your sleep. Honestly. At this point, I'd drunk. I'd been drinking two nights in a row. I'd been. I'd not had much sleep whatsoever, and I actually had a huge fright, which I've never done again in my life. Thankfully, I actually did fall asleep for a split second at the wheel, and that's, it absolutely shook me up. I pulled over at the next station. I stopped. I got out. I walked around. I got pastries. I got coffee. I got anything to get me a bit more energized, and that actually scared me enough to go. To get to Calais intact, back to Calais, back onto the ferry, back in the piano club lounge, which is now what I'm going to call it, and a fantastic, fantastic experience all in all. And again, champagne welcome, got a meal there, and just relaxed on my way back to the UK. If I could relive one moment in the in the road trip, it's kind of obvious. I'd go to the Furka Pass again, but. Maybe I'd do a little bit more research and give myself a bit more time. There were some hiking tours available at the top, I believe. There's a nice souvenir shop which probably overcharged me when I was there. And it would have been a bit nice to know about the altitude I was at, the scenery, the the, the, the geography, the geology, the glacier. And just take a bit more time and not just spank my car through <laughs> through the site. If I could do something differently as well, perhaps... Perhaps I would have just, a bit, like I said earlier, a bit more research and slept a bit more. You know, it's your first trip. Yeah, I'm not going to do anything perfectly, not by a long shot. But if I just slept a bit more, done a little bit more research into the locations, that would have been fantastic. But it's important to remember, for me anyway, the trip wasn't to visit these places, really. It was to escape and experience something that wasn't just the the sort of hellhole I was I was in at the time. So that was my episode one of the show and of my travel bug, really. If you've got any questions, feel free to follow me on Instagram. That's Weekend Backpacking. Weekend Backpacking because I'm a single dad, and so that's about as much as I can do. I can't really go away for months on end. 
or if you're following this from the Facebook post in the group, then by all means leave a comment there and leave me some feedback. Let me know what would you like to hear. Is there anything I could do differently? Is there anything that, that could improve the show? Or if you'd like to come on with your own idea, pitch it on there. Let me know. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you if you've got this far. And it's only up from here, eh? Thank you. And a quick note I'd like to add on to the end here, which is that if you are savvy with music and you'd like to think of a intro and outro song, then please do let me know. And if you think this podcast could do with a, a background track whilst, uh, whilst just me or myself and a guest are talking, then do let me know as well. Anything to, to make it a little bit more interesting, but not quite so in your ears.